When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Jerry Hamilton, On3 National Football Recruiting Analyst, as well as Inside Texas uh, Recruiting Reporter. How you doing today, Jerry? Good, Bobby. Just uh, made a few stops yesterday. LaGrange Shiner hit the road a little bit and uh, headed to Austin tomorrow. Uh, Going to hit some schools, then got AAU basketball Friday in Dallas, uh, the big visit weekend Saturday in Austin, and back to Dallas for AAU basketball Sunday. That time of year, they're all intersecting. Yeah, you've got a bunch of stuff going on. Want to get into recruiting, but first, I want to talk to you a little bit about Texas's spring practice uh, yesterday. Um, Longhorns had the first spring of the day, spring of the, spring practice of the year. One position change of note that I thought was probably most intriguing. Eric and I talked about it yesterday. I want to get your thought on it. And that's Christian Jones, uh, the incumbent at left tackle, moving to right tackle this year. What do you think that means? I mean, his backup at right tackle right now is a walk-on. Right. Um, and so what do you really think that means for the future with Kyle Flood and the offensive line at Texas? Yeah, I think it's, I, I, you know, look, I've had Kelvin Banks penciled in to be a freshman starter at left tackle since the day he committed. If he was an early enrollee, I'd say he starts game one. Well, I may be going back to he starts game one no matter what at this point. Um, if he comes in and, uh, you know, in shape uh, and, and, you know, he picks up everything uh, because there's no doubt about his ability. But I, I just think that means that, you know, look, Christian Jones is going to be your right tackle and Kelvin Banks is going to be your left tackle. I, I think it's pretty much as simple as that. Um, and, and I expect Kelvin Banks to uh, have a few hiccups early in the season. And as time goes on, I expect him to be the type of guy who you look at and say he could be a three-year player at Texas. Yeah. Um, other moves there, Hayden Connors at right guard, which was expected. Yep. Left tackle is Andre Kerich, uh, who has shown some tenacity, at, to say the least, uh, but you know may not be that high-level athlete uh, that Texas is looking for, even though I do think he carries uh, the mentality that Kyle Flood likes. I've always said the thing about Kerich, it's too bad that Texas doesn't have the personnel at tackle because I think he'd be one hell of an offensive guard. And I think he's kind of been playing tackle out of necessity more than that's where that staff, the staff ideally sees him. I think they see him as a big time guard prospect and player, but they just can't put him there right now. Could that change next season? Sure it could, but I think he's a dynamite guard uh, that's being forced to play tackle out of necessity. Yeah, that, that kind of makes sense to me because he doesn't have the ideal arm length, right? right. Uh, but I will go back to a conversation I had with Casey Studdard uh, uh, four, month, four or five months ago. He goes, I don't know who 69 is. I think that's Carrick's number, but he goes, I, more of those guys is what you right. need on the offensive line. The guys that are willing to, to play to the whistle uh, and, and get everything extra. So it's not, and I, I'm mentioning this because it, it's not like you nor I feel like Andre Kerich is, is a bad player or something. Not at all. It, it's, it's that, you know, it appears to us that they're penciling 
Christian Jones in at one of the tackles, and they've decided that it's going to be right tackle. Mm-hmm. Even I know that sounds weird, just one practice in. Otherwise, they wouldn't. They're not going to be floating that move unless right. unless something terribly goes wrong in the first couple of weeks. I just don't see them making that that adjustment late in the year. And when it, t- and it tells you where their thoughts are in the future is what yeah. it does, ideally. Right. I agree. All right, uh, moving on to some recruiting stuff because I think it's, you know, clearly this is a huge re- recruiting weekend for Texas. Uh, it, let's just start with the person who starts his visit uh, tomorrow uh, or Thursday, and that's Arch Manning, the quarterback from New Orleans, uh, the son of Cooper Manning, nephew of both Peyton and Eli. Uh, he's on campus tomorrow along with McCall Harrison Pilot. Uh, from Temple, the two-way player, uh, Dalen Austin from Long Beach Poly is also in. Both of those guys, or all three of those, have been offered by Texas. Uh, the question I have, uh, and, and Harrison Pilot and Dalen Austin are part of a crew that are coming in in part because of the Texas relays. Yes. Uh, that is go- started to, uh, started on Wednesday, goes through Saturday. Um, and so they have to get their visits in during a time or a day of the week when they are not competing. Correct. Um, and That's so, the NCAA rule, yep. You know, Arch was in, let, let's go back to Arch. So he was he was in uh, Athens this week, this past weekend, okay? Texas this weekend. Not sure where he's going the week after yet. What's going on in his recruitment as Texas looks to this weekend? Uh, it's a return trip for him. Big weekend, obviously. Yeah, you know, I, I talked to somebody uh, um, on the Georgia side of, of that, um, and the thought was the same as, look, we've had for a long time here, is the feeling is that Arch prefers the college life uh, at the University of Texas in Austin and then University of Georgia in Athens over the college life in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, playing at Alabama. Um, and, and I think that's been a consistent throughout this whole recruiting process. And, you know, the other the other thing talking to that uh, somebody on the Georgia side was that they think that's the only three schools legitimately in it. And that's what we've always said. And, you know, look, there's always going to be schools that try and Ole Miss has got to get a shot at it. Right. And LSU will give it a shot with Brian Kelly. But it, it's it's the same three schools that are always mentioned. Um, and look, I mean, I think the big, I think the biggest thing is, you know, what Georgia's can sell is our starting quarterbacks coming back. Then after that, nobody's going to have experience behind them, right? Alabama's going to say, say the same thing. Bryce Young will go pro, you know, the Ty Simpson kid, he's in for the spring, but nobody's going to throw, nobody's going to have experience. Um, you know, at Texas, you, you, you have, I think you have the offensive advantage. You have the Steve Sarkeesian advantage, the development advantage. Then you have Quinn Ewers transfer in, and, you know, he's going to – if he's the starting quarterback, it's going to be a two-year starting uh, position at Texas. So, th- th- I think that's on the Georgia side is, the, you know, the sell for the, for the Bulldogs is, look, you know, Stetson Bennett's gone. You know, it's blank canvas. You know, guys have been here, but uh, they're not going to have any more game experience. They're going to have experience in the program. Uh, so, I think that's kind of a selling point. But I think bigger than anything from talking – to this source and then our sources on the Texas side is, look, he, he prefers the college life that Austin can provide and University of Texas can provide, as well as Athens and Georgia. And I think that's what puts those two programs ahead of Alabama in that regard for arts. Now, when it comes down to football, we'll see where the process goes. But I think Texas is sitting in a pretty good spot. Uh, well, I don't think there's any question that not, not only with him is it a big recruiting weekend, but across the board, it's a big recruiting weekend right now. 
<clears throat> for the Longhorns. Uh, on Wednesday, you, you broke the news that Darian Gallette uh, would be in town this weekend. He's the do-everything edge, edge prospect from Marlin uh, that is so high on Texas's board as well as other teams' board. Um, I think 6'3", 245 or 235. and then 6'3", 230, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then long jump t- almost 22 feet. Unbelievable. <laughs> 230 pounds. And, and the, the highlights of him playing basketball where he's rocking the rim. Or, Off of the score. Or, yeah. yeah, unbelievable. Um, you know, you broke the news that he'll be in town because his team is participating in the uh, Texas Relays. He's no longer going to visit Ohio State this weekend, instead visiting Texas, correct? That's correct. Yeah, that's they were a week ago, was a week or so ago, uh, we reported on three that Ohio State was in the planning. That visit was being planned. Then he goes to Alabama in early April. That visit to Alabama, nothing's changed there. But because Marlin uh, qualified for Texas Relays, they've adjusted that visit schedule. I don't think they've reset the Ohio State date. But what that does, and look, that's an advantage of having the Texas Relays in Austin. We've covered it for years, Bobby, is that gives Texas the ability to get those kids on campus sometimes when you don't think you're going to get them on campus. And, and it looks like that's what's going to happen with Gillette. Um, and again, like you pointed out, so just for people to understand the way this works is, um, you know, if you see a kid's running in, the, in an event, if you go to the Texas Relays and you see that kid's running uh, like Gillette's the 4 by 100 relay on a Saturday, he can't go visit with the coaches on Saturday. He's either got to come Friday or stay over the Sunday. Any day you compete, you cannot go make that visit and meet with the Texas coaches. And that's an understandable rule, obviously. Uh, but So he will either be coming Friday or uh, uh, wait around until Sunday trying to get that confirmed. But most of the kids that are competing on Saturday come in on Friday, and that's when they're going to be headed to campus. Got it. Um, there's a lot of guys that are going to be there. Uh, other recruits that will be on campus with the Texas Relays and visiting Texas – Another one out of California, Roderick Pleasant. Yeah. Uh, another two-way excellent athlete from the LA area. Malik Murphy's high school teammate. Yep, Malik's Malik's uh, teammate. Uh, Ruben Owens, Jonte Cook, Marquise Deal, uh, the defensive lineman out of Name and Forest up in Garland. Micah Bell, wide receiver DB out of uh, Kincaid in Houston. Uh, you broke the news. Malik Muhammad out of South Oak Cliff at the corner would be there. But one guy that you, I want to point out, because those other names for Texas fans that have been following recruiting a lot are, are pretty well known, right? One that's not that you pointed out was Anthony Evans. You want us to kind of, you want to kind of introduce Anthony Evans to the Texas fan base now because you think it's necessary. So uh, tell us a little bit about him and, and why you're mentioning him highly right now. Yeah, Anthony Evans is a uh, 2023 slot receiver out of Converse Judson. Look, the track times have been there with him. Um, he's a quick, quicker than fast, but still fast. Um, so I went and watched him against DeSoto early the season at, at, in San Antonio at Converse Judson, and he didn't get a lot of opportunities in that game. So you kind of walked away. You knew what kind of athlete he was, at, you know, and he's 5'10 and a half, 160, kind of slide a build, a uh, kid that will develop later. So you didn't see enough that night. You turned on the junior tape, and you said, okay, this kid's got a chance. But it was really at the Under Armour camp in Dallas a few weeks ago against top defensive backs around the state of Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, uh, that he arguably had the best day in the one-on-ones of any receiver. I mean, he really created separation out of his cuts, uh, ran crisp routes, caught the ball with his hands, arms extended, 
Um, and, and he was a, even though he's not a strong kid yet, that doesn't mean he's not a physical kid. And, and even in that setting, you know, it gets competitive, Bobby, in the one-on-one setting. And, and he was a physical kid at the line of scrimmage and he did not back down when some kids do back down that are more slight of build. He's an Arkansas commitment. LSU had already been coming into the picture with him. Oklahoma's come into the picture with him, both since their coaching changes. Uh, the Texas staff reached out to Anthony about three or four days ago. And so there's a they've now reengaged. They they showed him a little attention early. I think the Under Armour camp caught everybody's attention. Ohio State's now engaged on him a little bit. So I think when you go out, you know the college coaches see that video of those of the kid in one on ones. You see the testing numbers. I, I believe he ran a, a four five eight four five nine laser, and a four one something shuttle. So he's everything backs up with him. Uh, then he's going to put up good track times this year. He, he's supposed to put up a 21-2-ish in the 200. So 21-3 in that range. So everything's kind of lining up. And then when you see him catch the football and you see him run the routes, you're like, okay, we need to take a second look at this kid. Um, and that's where recruiting is. That's our second look before you even have spring ball your senior, junior season. But that's where things are at. And so there's a chance he will stop in um uh friday probably actually probably sunday for him because i think he runs a prelim friday and then he's running all day saturday gotcha so that i mean look i mean texas obviously uh there's a lot of receivers on the board we're not real sure other than jonte cook we're right. not necessarily sure and, and Jaden greathouse i think is is one they definitely want um we're not real sure who they're kind of pinpointing at this point Right. No, and I think that's what's the great thing about the evaluation process, right? We're just now getting uh, to the end of the Under Armour camp series. The last camp is in, in Baltimore this weekend. And so that's six camps around the country. So these college coaches are seeing all these kids. They're seeing these guys before they go out for the spring evaluation period. And you're starting to see the track times the first month of the track season. So if a kid's already posting times a weekend, two weeks in, you know, you kind of take notice of those kids. And, and I think with Anthony Evans is the one thing about him is he's got quickness and speed. And, and I think we know that Steve Sarkeesian covets that. So if you start putting together strong camp performances and you start to look really good on the track, then there's, there's no reason not to make that uh, a further evaluation and go see that kid in person in the spring. Yeah. A friend of mine uh, that uh, is a college coach, uh, and knows Sarkeesian well, said that the one thing that he absolutely looks uh, for in receive that he knows Sarkeesian looks for in receivers is the ability to create separation. And he, and he doesn't, and this was interesting, he doesn't necessarily care how he creates separation, whether it's through quickness, long speed, um, you know, arm length, whatever yeah. it is, some sort of ability to make a, a, a defender uh, a little bit uh, less than than what he is, right? And, and by the way, I think that's a great way to evaluate it for Sarkeesian because it just think about the different receivers. I mean, if Troy O'Meer can ever get healthy and on the field, he's got an 83-inch wingspan. He's going to win with catch radius separation, right, where you can put the ball in an area code, and that's a separation. He's not going to run by people. He's not going to sink his hips and get out of a cut and just create that separation. So there's multiple ways to win at receiver position, and I'm. it's really – uh, great to hear that, and we know that prior, but great to hear it said that that's the way Sar Sarkeesian and the staff are evaluating the wide receiver position. And that's, that's why a Braylon James fits in maybe too, right? Because the arm length and, and that sort of stuff. So I, I know that we've, we, you and I, have paid so much attention to speed because that was not something, and in our opinion, Tom Herman ever 
prioritized. And the Texas program has been lacking it for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they prioritized more, you know, size guys that had decent speed right. as opposed to more natural receivers that could create uh, separation. Um, I want to go back to one guy that I don't think we talk about enough, uh, probably as a Texas um, uh, for, for Texas fans. And that's Micah Bell out of Kincaid. Um, he is a, uh, he's a blue chip player, right? But people don't talk about him enough necessarily as it relates to Texas. I know his, his uh, I think his brother, where did his brother end up signing? Georgia. Georgia. And so yep. that's going to be a tough pull for the Longhorns, obviously, but he is a blue chip guy that, that Texas is courting. Well, yeah. And those kids grew up Texas fans. I mean, uh, you know, the brother Dylan Mitchell who signed with Georgia was at Texas camp last summer and, and did not get an offer and was, you know, crushed Texas reached out back, reached back out to him during his senior year. And, I, you know, he was kind of wasn't having it at that time. Um, I went by Kincaid during the season, kind of got that from from the horse's mouth, so to speak. But, you know, Dylan Bell's interesting because he is a guy you really have to project out. What you don't have to project is his speed, though. I mean, he's going to run 10 six. He may run 10 five um, on the track, fully automatic time. Um and he'll back that up with a long jump and a 200 or a four by one. It's all going to match up on the track for him. And his speed does show up on the football field. He has got a uh, – I'm trying to put this in a way that people understand. I think his physical development's way out in front of him because when you walk up to him, he almost looks like a 14- or 15-year-old kid physically. He's kind of narrow shoulders. He doesn't really have much muscle definition, but then he's really, really fast. So I think colleges are really going to have to project them out. And I think when they see him, it's going to cause some of them to pause. And this probably already happened and, and say, okay, what, how, can, how do we project this kid out? One thing you can't argue about is a speed. Um, the question is how good of ball skills does he have at corner? Because he's only 5'9", five, 5'9 nine, five, nine and a half. So you got to have great ball skills. you got to really be able to play the football. Uh, and, and that's to be determined. I think right now he's more of an athlete and you're going to have to find a, a place for him. But, you know, look, he has the speed. The question is, again, when these college coaches get him in front of them, they're going to have to evaluate where he can go physically. And I do think that's going to impact his recruitment. Um, two other guys that are very familiar names to Texas fans that follow recruiting El Campo running back Ruben Owens coming in this weekend, also participating at the, the Texas Relays. And then Jonte Cook out of DeSoto. Uh, those two, uh, Jonte, the wide receiver, those two, two of the best skill position players. They've also been mentioned as, quote, unquote, a package deal with Arch Manning. We don't necessarily agree that right. any of that's a package deal, so to speak, although the three probably would like to play together at some level. Um, what are your thoughts on those two as they enter this stage of their recruitment? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, let's start with Owens. Look, he's going to make all the national visits. Um, he, he was on Twitter, I think, yesterday saying, don't trust the, the predictions and all that, the RPM machines, the crystal balls and all that. 
Um, it, you know, look, I, I think it's going to come down to Texas and Texas A&M. Maybe George is in the picture there. Um, you know, he's going to make all the visits. A lot of them are centered around where the seven-on-seven teams go. I think he's going up to Syracuse April 2nd. He's been on a visit to Louisville when they played out there. He's been to Georgia. So he's going to make all the trips. Um, I, I, I've said for a while, this is a huge recruitment uh, for Tashard Choice uh, because there's a prior relationship there. They visited Georgia Tech when Choice was at Georgia Tech. Uh, and this is his first big in-state running back recruit in uh, I think he's done a great job with the relationship building with Owens and Owens' father, um, which are, I think, just as important in this recruitment. Uh, and, and I think Texas A&M's making a strong run at it. I, I just believe as of right now, and this can change the next time we do this, Bobby, but I think it's going to come down to the two Ain state schools ultimately. Um, and, and I think Texas has always been the school more prominent in Ruben's mind. Got it. Yeah, okay. and, and, then, and then John Tay Cook, uh, you know, look, when this process started, I'll never forget the first time I went to DeSoto and he was a freshman playing slot receiver. And I talked to him, he said, Oklahoma is where I've always wanted to go. School I always wanted to go to. So that tells you a little bit, you know, Texas fans have heard it for years. Texas is my dream school, but Texas didn't end up signing the kid. So Oklahoma doesn't look like it's going to get John Tay Cook, right? And they haven't for a while. Um, again, it looked very good for Texas. And I think a lot of that is the Arch Manning momentum, right, early on to where it looks really good for Texas and in this recruitment, Texas A&M's made a strong push. Again, Jonte's going to make those visits. He's been to Louisville, LSU. He's going to, he's going to get around. He's going to make the visits. He's looking at a possible June decision. If that stays on track, I, I believe this absolutely comes down to Texas and Texas A&M. And, and, you know, we've talked about it before and not to put too many eggs in the Arch Manning basket, but I think Texas has kind of set their class up that way to where if you get Arch Manning, then not that kids are followers, but it creates momentum. Yeah. They, yeah and, and, and re, they see the reason. They see the excitement. And, you know, look, I mean, Arch is such a big recruit, Bobby, because of name, image, and likeness. Just him being on the football team wherever he goes is going to make other kids money. It's just – it's going to follow with NIL. I mean, don't you agree with that? I yeah, mean, he's I, gonna, I, he's I definitely think it – I definitely think it does. Yeah. I definitely think it does. How much so? I don't know. I will say this, um, they're all be at different positions, so that doesn't preclude the other guys from making money, which it, so you would think some might, people might say, well, if he's the guy, he'll get more money compared to the quarterback. And it doesn't, the, the world just doesn't spin like that, right. you know? And so I, I, I agree with you. I think that he, a rising tide lifts all boats. No doubt. Is, is a way that I would put that. Um, I do want before we go to the next part of this, where I want to I want to talk about some specifics for this weekend. I want to mention that we're having a special at Inside Texas for new uh, subscribers: four months for just one dollar on Inside Texas at InsideTexas.com. That's where Jerry, myself, Eric Nalene, Justin Wells, Joe Cook, Ian Boyd, Paul Wadlington are all uh, uh, publishing content uh, moment after moment. Moment right now, we are focused on spring practice. And we are focused like heck on uh, this recruiting weekend coming up for Texas. It should be a, a big recruiting weekend one way or the other uh, for Texas uh, because there's just a lot of kids on campus, some that I think are on the precipice of committing, although it's not in Steve Sarkeesian's, um, uh, it's not in his playbook really 
to push right. for early commitments, although they are at two commitments right now. Jamel Johnson from Arlington, uh, Seguin, uh, the defensive back. And last week they picked up a big lineman from C.E. King High School in Houston, Dylan Spencer, that uh, you and I talked about. And I know you really liked him as well. Jerry, I want to I want to split now and go to the other guys that are expected in uh, for this weekend and get your thoughts on them. I'm going to kind of go position by position. Sure. Um, and I'm, I'm talking about guys that aren't necessarily going to the to the Texas relays. So I'm not talking about Marquise Deal and Galette, Muhammad, uh, Micah Bell, Jonte Cook, those guys. I'm talking about, let's just start with the, the other running back that's going to be coming in, Cedric Baxter, uh, out of Orlando's Edgewater High School. Yeah, Cedric Baxter, you know, look, Baxter, Ruben Owens are your number one or two backs in the country. Wherever you feel like who's one, who's two, you know, that that's for the eye of the beholder, but they're both the best backs in this class. And Cedric Baxter is a guy who's been high on Tashar Choice. He was high on Georgia Tech when Choice was there. And now that Tashar Choice being at Texas, Cedric Baxter is making a visit to Texas. That's how much he likes Tashar Choice. And uh, Tashar Choice has done a great job of illustrating, um, you know, the University of Texas to him since he's been there. And look, it's the same with Baxter and Reuben Owens. I mean, Bijan Robinson, unless something crazy goes wrong, he's headed to the NFL after this season. Roshan Johnson, you know, headed to life after football or on an NFL roster after this season. So Jonathan Brooks, a really good player. Uh, Jaden Blue's there for spring, but there is opportunity. Uh, and, and that's what you sell in this in this class at the 2023 running back is there's opportunity. The tough thing with the Cedric Baxter recruitment is, you know, he's got to say no to Miami, Florida, Florida State, Georgia, um, go uh, keep going down the list, Auburn, whoever. He's got to say no to all those schools to go to Austin. And, and that's end up in Austin. So that's the biggest thing you're overcoming there is, is he's and, a kid from Orlando. And crossover him. You cross over them, exactly. Yeah, and it's one thing to, you know, you got to cross over a number of great – I mean, Alabama is another right. one that, that would be in there, and LSU even. And um, yeah. Let me ask you this. Uh, I want to go into the wide receivers, and there's two that, that are coming in that aren't in the, the relays, I don't think, but uh, the, but our schedule come in. Jaden Greathouse and Braylon James. You, you know, what are your thoughts, having watched now uh, Greathouse some in basketball as well as in football – what are your thoughts on him as whole as an athlete? I mean, is he has he moved up in your pecking order uh, any in the last four months? I know at one point it was okay. What is he? Is he a tight end? Is he a wide receiver? Then he goes off and has this incredible um, state championship game. Then he's the you know if not the best player, one of the best players on their basketball team at Westlake uh, that that ends up in the state semifinals. What? You know, I'm going to throw, throw one at you, Bobby, on this one. Does it not sound like a 6'3", 215-pound version of Savion Red? A guy who's just physically wants to go out there and whip your butt and compete play-to-play against the guy lined up against him or the guy guarding him or the guy he's guarding on the basketball court? I think there's some similarities there. So, you know, I, we've said for a year on this or however long we've done this that you know, Texas needs physical football players that want to win the one-on-one -on -one matchup. Look at the guy lined up across from them and whip their ass. I mean, and I think that's what Jaden Greathouse is. So he has a lot of value uh, in that regard. And look, I think it's very important that Texas wins a lot of recruitments in the Austin Syntex area. That we've talked about this. It's a, it's a great class in 2023. 
populations exploding there, which makes it different. All these kids aren't from Texas originally, but you have, you're going to have a lot of opportunity to win those recruiting battles. And this is one I believe Texas absolutely needs to win. Um, Braylon, uh, by the way, Braylon James, let me hit on that. Really tested off the charts well at Under Armour Camp in Dallas. Uh, I believe he was 6'3", 191, ran 4.47 laser and a 4.2 shuttle on laser. So he really tested well. He, that, he moves up the charts from just a testing standpoint when you have a day like that because those sub four or five times are few and far between at Under Armour camps. So I was part of them for three years. Well, when, you start, when you're testing laser, laser, it's a difficult to break four or five for these kids because you got to know how to run. And, but he's been working a lot with margin hooks. Okay. And we say this all the time. So he got out there and he looked like a wide receiver. He didn't like a lack of an athlete in drills. He looked like a wide receiver in drills. So did John take who ran a four flat shuttle by the way, that day. So those guys that work with margin, they've done the drills. So they come out there and they look like wide receivers. Uh, big, uh, with Braylon James is consistency with the hands, and, and I think he's improved. In that. I think that my, my take on it, Jerry, is really um, a couple of pieces to you, and that's that's this. I didn't expect him to test at that level. I don't think anybody expected uh, Braylon James to test. I didn't that. either. Yeah, I, and 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 so that's that's eye opening to me, and I think it's probably eye opening to a lot of people that. And now I'm talking about national experts that had him down the list because they thought he was just a possession guy running sub four or five at that size. That's is, right. You know, is, is impressive. Um, the offensive linemen set to come in are all those first line guys that they've looked at. Uh, Jaden Chapman from clean Harker Heights, uh, Ian Reed from Vandegrift there in Austin. We talked about this two syntax kids, Andre Kojo, I think Mansville area. And then Harris Sewell uh, out of Odessa Permian is a maybe uh, those guys right now, anything that, I know you put in a pick for Kojo to end up at Texas uh, eventually. You still feel that way, or and is this one that could be coming to an end, a recruitment that could be coming to an end? Yeah, I, I believe he's of the lineman. He's the guy that could come off the board quickest to Texas. Uh, I've believed that for a few weeks now, and nothing has changed my opinion on that after the visit. This weekend, uh, by the way, on Harris Sewell, he's expected to be there. Uh, Texas expecting him in from every I've gathered uh, Saturday. So that would be big. And then also Texas is still waiting on TJ Shanahan. Is he going to make that little eight mile trek down to the University of Texas and make the visit? They're still working on TJ Shanahan. I mean, so uh, we'll see. I think, you know, look, I think Chapman coming two weekends in a row is there's a lot of positive signs for Texas in that recruitment. I think Ian Reed, Texas will be right there in that recruitment as well. I believe Ian Reed was at uh, Texas A&M earlier this week. Uh, then Connor Stroh, just coming off a visit to Auburn. So he'll be in, in Austin weekend. And, that, and I think right now Texas is in a really pretty good spot for him. The big one will be went to Texas A&M. He's going to visit A&M, I believe, April 8th or 9th. If AM doesn't offer, I could be, you know, that one not playing out too long after they make a West Coast trip. I, I think in the 20 class, Bobby, the main thing is could a Kojo come off the board soon? Yeah. I think a lot of these kids, you're looking at that that early summer, midsummer decision. That's where a lot of these kids are trending. Like I was at Shiner and LaGrange, which I want to get into before we 
uh, finish up here. But, you know, Bravion Rogers uh, is looking at before the season, right? And Woods, the lineman's looking at right before a senior season. Dalton Brooks is going to go all the way to December. Got it. Um, the, other, the other three are all defensive plus prospects. Actually, there's four. Avion Carter, the defensive lineman from Tascosa, expected in. Samaj Burrell, the linebacker out of North Crowley. And Jamal Shaw, uh, the DB uh, athlete type out of West Orange Start. Yeah, you know, Avion Carter, that one, we're going to check on that one one more time. That could bump, bump back to the game. Conflicts there. We're going to check on that one one more time. Uh, Jamal Shaw is obviously an interesting one. I'll get the Samaj Burrell last sentence. We've talked about that story, how that played out for Texas and uh, Jamal Shaw at West Orange Stark in January. But by Texas moving that date, uh, getting him in on March 26th, that tells you they've taken a serious interest in him. Look, they've offered him. You know, people can argue committable offers or not. But Texas moving him up to the 26th and bringing him in. They want to get FaceTime with this kid because to this point, Bo Davis, the area recruiter, is the only person that has seen uh, Shaw. And, and obviously, Bo Davis brought the Texas staff. Then they started studying him. Like, yes, we like this guy a lot. Then they offered him to get on the phone with him, the whole staff. And now they're bringing him in this weekend. So I think that is a huge visit um, when Shaw sits down with that defensive staff. Uh, put it up, they put him on the board. You know, what, what, how much of the scheme does he understand? All those little things in the discussion with Steve Sarkeesian are going to play big into do they roll the red carpet out for Jamal Shaw? Would they take a commitment? Or do they keep, the, keep him in evaluation mode through the spring? So I think it's a big weekend in that regard. Now, one guy you don't have to worry about whether Texas would take now is Samaj Burrell. Now, he's one of the top linebackers in the country. Uh, he looked really good at Under Armour camp in Dallas. And, and I don't mean good because linebackers chasing running backs, that's not a real strong position to be in at these camps. But physically, six foot, 217. So he hided and weighed right about where we thought he would. Wingspan was about 79, 10-inch uh, hands. I mean, everything checked out. The shuttle time was good. I don't remember exactly. But everything kind of checked out what we'd seen on tape and what we thought could happen with him. So I think he just solidified himself as one of the top Mike backers in the country. And Oklahoma, the serious competition, uh, he'll, he'll trip out the USC and Ohio State as well. Uh, Baylor is very much in it. I think those are pretty much your five right now for Samaj Burrell. Uh, one last guy that's scheduled in on Monday and not this weekend is Michael Gardner out of uh, Phoenix area down in, in Arizona. Yeah, uh, he's a kid that uh, Texas really seems to like. Uh, you know, that was a, somebody in Arizona I've known for years, kind of. He texted me a few weeks ago, hey, what do you know about this kid in Texas? I said, well, I know the name. Obviously, we evaluate him for on three. And he said, well, you, you need to check. Texas really likes the kid. And so I, I called him and, yep, confirmed that, you know, Bo Davis, the defensive staff, have been in contact with him multiple times. And they'd gone out to see him in January. And um, now he's coming in for a visit with his mother. And, you know, look, he's, he's a kid who Arizona has been on heavily. Uh, but I've always said that the state of Arizona, I think it's pretty obvious. I'm not breaking any news here. It's a great place to go recruit if you're Texas. Those kids like Austin. Um, those kids are not staying home at a high rate at all. And the programs of Arizona, Arizona State have just struggled to win enough on the field to keep those kids home. Uh, the big one with Mikel Gardner's USC and then Oregon. You know, growing up in Arizona, USC was his school. Oregon was probably a second school. Texas got on him a little earlier. 
Um, and, and Bo Davis has done a good job there. So I think Texas has a fighting chance. But what USC, how hard USC pushes, I think would be impactful in his decision-making process. Well, I mean, B. John Robinson speaks for himself in some ways in being able to go to the state of Arizona and pick up a marquee recruit like Texas was able to there. Um, you, you mentioned, uh, before we get going, you mentioned uh, your trips to LaGrange and uh, Shiner. I'm sorry I didn't get to them earlier, Jerry, oh. uh, because we got going on so much detail on these uh, on this uh, visit weekend that we got coming up. Not out of, not that that's a bad thing, but uh, simply there's just so many good kids coming in this weekend that you have to give them uh, the appropriate amount of time. Tell us a little bit about your trips and what you learned at LaGrange and at Shiner with those three prospects at those two schools. Yeah, we'll start with Bravion Rogers uh, on three consensus, four star corner, nickel, whatever you whatever you want to call him as a defensive back. He's just big time. He's one of the best in the country. You know, he's 5'11 and a half, 185 pounds, strong kid. And the reason I point that out, he's going to run 10-6, high jump 6-9 last weekend. And they, the coaching staff at LaGrange said he stopped at 6-9. They didn't even get 6-10, 6-11. And that puts you in a different category athlete. When you're that tall and, you, and you're strong at 185 pounds and you run fast and you jump high, I mean, that just puts you, Bobby, that, we do this a long time, that puts you in an elite, elite level. Um, and, and I think that's why an Alabama offered him. And he went to Alabama. He's stopped off at LSU. He's been to those places. Um, he's talking about going to Texas April 2nd. He'll be running at the Texas Relays uh, Friday and Saturday. I don't think he's going to stop for a visit. I think there's a chance he comes back on April 2nd with Dalton Brooks. That's what Dalton Brooks told me they're talking about. That's when Jaron Woods, the other kid at LaGrange, uh, the big D lineman, I'll get to him in a second. But Bravion, the big thing with Bravion that, that I took from the visit is, whether it's Texas, TCU, if AM jumped in and offered, they've all got work to do on this recruitment because J.K. Dobbins, you know, when he was coming out of LaGrange, anywhere he went, there was 30 or 40 people wanting to be around them. They knew who he was, right? And he chose to get away from the small town for his college experience, get totally away for three, four years and kind of experience something different, having always been in LaGrange. And I think there's a similar mindset or thought with Bravion Rogers by people around that program right now that the Alabama, USC, LSU, they could have an advantage right now simply because he may want to do what JK did. He may just want to get out of LaGrange and away from LaGrange for three or four years and kind of reinvent himself and not be the big guy on campus every time he come goes to the HEB, right? And so that's a thought there. Texas has work to do. But look, he talks to Blake Gideon a lot. Texas is going to recruit him through the whistle. Uh, same with Dalton Brooks, which we'll talk about in a second. But Jaron Woods, impressive kid, Bobby. I walked away thinking offensive line by far is his best position down the line. He, Texas has recruited him as a D lineman, chance at D line first. Bo Davis is recruiting him. He talked to Sarkeesian three weeks ago. He talks to Blake Gideon, who's the area recruiter. But he has an offensive line frame. He's light on his feet. It's one of those situations where I mean, he's got an 80-plus inch wingspan. It's one of those situations where if he goes to right tackle or left tackle, he's an elite athlete at that position. He can be a 6'5", 315-pound defensive lineman and has a chance to be a good player. He has a chance to go to another level on the edges at offensive tackle. And I think he's he's he will come around to that. When I talked to him, that wasn't he wasn't totally being hard-headed about D-line. He just said, I prefer D-line. 
But if my best chance to play in the NFL is offensive tackle, of course I'll end up playing offensive tackle, right? So he's already showing some signs of being smart and not hard-headed. Um, but I think Texas is the favorite there. He comes back April 2nd. Um, TCU uh, made a run. He visited Texas January 22nd, then TCU on the 29th. He wants to get up to Tech uh, before he does anything, maybe Oklahoma State. But I think right now, Bo Davis talks to him two or three times a week. That's what he told me. And then Sarkeesian making that call three weeks ago. Blake Gideon's a, a, a very much involved in that recruitment. He knows Texas wants him. And if he comes in on April 2nd and he gets that really good feeling, it wouldn't shock me to see him make, pull the trigger before the start of his senior season. Before you go on to Dalton Brooks, yeah. I got to tell you something. The best player to ever come out of LaGrange High School is Johnny Johnson. Oh, yeah. that played at Texas, I think, 12 years in the NFL for the Rams. Yeah. Um, and By so, the way, uh, that was a while ago because his picture's I, not on the wall in the weight room. <laughs> I, I can only imagine that it's not on the wall anymore because if it was, it would be old and gray. And you know, My point being, though, uh, Johnny is the father of Colin Johnson. That's right. Kurt Johnson. Um, uh, but my, I, I think that oftentimes, I'm going back to the Bravion Rogers, things like getting away become romanticized, right? Yeah. Um, they, they do it in any number of, uh, it could be in a job situation, not just in a college situation. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Well, Bobby, you know, you know what I go back to on that too, is if Texas is 12 and 0, the kid's not thinking about going far away from home, right? If, if you're not winning, it opens up the door. I mean, if, if, if Matt Brown had kept Texas rolling, JK Dobbins would have played at Texas. You can ask anybody in LaGrange, right? But Texas struggles, A&M's uncertainty at that point, that opened up the door. Right. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. Um, Dalton Brooks at Shiner, state champ. Love this kid now. He is one of my favorites. I mean, he is a mature, smart kid. I mean, he is fun to talk to. I think he, he he's just, he's a focused kid. And, and, and I'll tell you how focused the kid is. We actually just published a story on, uh, on three national from my trip there yesterday. He's got about 13 visits planned right now with dates. He's already got his dates, and he hasn't locked them all in, but he's planned all the way out through mid-November. Holy cow. And this is a this is a kid in Shiner, Texas, and most of the small town schools, they're just football, basketball, track. Well, he didn't play basketball this year, but he's got it all planned out, uh, and that includes Texas-Alabama game next year, which he'll be at. Um, it, you know, I think Texas a and the favorite right now. I, I, I really do. I think he had a great visit there in the summer. Texas is right there. He talked to Blake Gideon five minutes before I stopped by the school. So I got had pretty lucky timing. And that is when Dalton said, yeah, I think Bravion and I are going to go up to Austin April 2nd. So I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. Um, but, you know, Texas is going to get him on campus two or three times before he makes a decision. I think this recruitment is going to play out late November, even the signing day. I, I, I'll be surprised if there's an early decision, not when you have all the visits planned he does. And we're talking about officials to Alabama for the A&M game, Michigan, Oregon, Georgia for, I think, I don't know if it's 10, I can't remember, it's, it's an October game. So this is not a kid that's planning on committing anytime soon. So Texas has time to make up the ground there with a really good season on the field. He is obviously related to Jonathan Brooks. So there is that. He mentions that every time you talk to him. Um, I think what Texas has to overcome with Dalton Brooks, and while he's a kid who has he's has everything planned out and he's ahead of the game, he's mentioned to me, I've been through there twice now, he's mentioned to me, smaller college town environments do appeal to him a little bit because of where he's from. So I think that's something that there's going to be a comfort level 
at some of those places that uh, Texas may have to overcome uh, being in Austin, bigger city. But I think they can. Yeah, I, I think those those things make sense, Jerry. I, I, my 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 take on it for you and, and for anybody listening is that um, you know. I, I find it so interesting that we're looking at a kid from El being from Houston, right? And having driven to Austin um, a thousand times in my life, it, going going uh, I-10 up 71 uh, to uh, Austin, and you're talking about a kid from El Campo, talking about a kid from Shiner, and you're talking about two kids from LaGrange. I mean, that's just, yeah. I, in a single class, in a single class, I mean, usually it would take five years to get one from that area uh, total. Uh, and then, you know, so anyways, uh, Jerry, thanks thanks for your time. I really appreciate it, man. Is there anything you want to add here to, to close us out before we get going? Yeah, let's be on the watch. I think we're going to have a little movement on the basketball staff. I think we'll see something happen in the next couple of days in that regard. So just as a conclusion, um, I, I think we may see a little staff, staff move and come to tell you all about it in a day or so. Okay. All right. Thanks a bunch, Jerry. For uh, Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been On Texas Football, uh, your recruiting episode. Thanks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.